The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. invite you to listen to the Sharon Climate Hour. The power of water and your life. Your life cannot live without it. Water. It's been a goal of mine for over 30 years of research that the world would begin to understand that without the water there is no planet Earth and without the water there is no ecosystem of, of health throughout the planet. And, and let's say throughout the universe we're always looking for the water. Did you know that for thousands of years there's been wars fought because of water, looking for water? And I think you're going to be watching the news with what is happening in the Antarctica, that Russia wants to go in and start exploring more into their territory, into the Antarctica. And did you know there's a lot of enormous amount of storage of water in the Antarctica, but it's also shared by not only with Russia, but uh, the United States? I think we should stop and think about what's happening here. It's serious. They say it's exploring more oil, but which one I would bet it's going to be the water and territory. Um, I think that it's time that we started learning each week also that the power of water on this earth with the show each week has the most fabulous guests to remind you uh, to look at some of the other shows. And those people are all concerned about your health and your precious moment. I have said at the end of every show, earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Don't say goodbye because you're going to leave a footprint of what you are going to offer for the ecosystem of your personal health and your environment that you can leave behind. That's a legacy. Dehydration on our earth is caused with birth. And your particular dehydration, water level, moisture loss, is the moment you were born and you left that pocket of water you entered into the air. The air causes dryness and a dehydration of the body to your final moment of breath. Kind of remember when we're talking about the importance of water. No two eyes are alike. No two skins on the complexion alike. No two fingerprints alike and more. What's that? Dehydration, your own body water level. Something we've been learning through the show, with the show through the period of time is the ophthalmologist and refractive eye surgeons, optometrists have been teaching us that eyesight, vision from birth, when that eyelid opens, the organ of the eye is the only organ that's not covered by the skin. Dry air causes the dryness. Learn more about how to take, drink more water. Let's learn more about the secrets to that earth's whisper, about what we need to learn about the nature of the water and how we can become healthier. Today we have Arthur Van Weisenberger, which I'm very, very excited about having. I've read his books. Uh, he's the author discussing water and his book, H2O Guide to Quality of Water, has been out there a long time. I'm very pleased to have him on today. Our second guest is Scott Gediman from Yosemite National Forest. 
and we've been having people on uh, for, through the period of time. The first guest is something to do with your health, and the second guest is something to do with the nature of our Earth. The U.S. Forest Service has been fabulous to bring people on. The Yosemite National Media Relations Director will be discussing today the environment infects uh, with you and what is happening in your ecosystem. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, Biologic Aqua Research Centers, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of all water to mist the eyes and protect them from moisture loss. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Arthur Van Weisenberger. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Arthur, are you with us? Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you. Uh, I've read your book long ago. I need to tell you a little bit, and I need our listeners to know I've been studying water for over 30 years. And I noticed that years ago, way back in time, they were concerned about the drinking waters and the irrigation waters and the waters of the planet. But I, we got involved in research in the personable portable device of misting, dosing amounts. And um, your book I've read long ago. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled you read the book. I mean, that, that's, that's great. And it is kind of, now it's an out-of-print book, which is sort of sad. But at least we have everything that, from the book on the Bottled Water Web, which is the website about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved what you were saying about the power of water, because it truly is, uh, I think, such a, uh, an important subject, probably second only to air as far as our survival on this planet. Well, uh, I always put it before a little, I'll tell you what I've done with my studies. Without mm-hmm. oxygen, water on the surface of the globe, enough of it, we don't have enough oxygen, air to breathe. So I almost put it as the primary source of life on Earth, and then comes the healthier air. But go on, because I'm really excited to hear about your passion, because you obviously had a mission a long time ago about bringing water, the subject of water, to the planet. Well, it came about uh, sort of as a, as a kid when I was growing up. My, my parents were living overseas. I grew up in Italy. And um, traveling around Europe, as you know, everybody drinks bottled water. Yes, they and, do. Um, mm-hmm. I used to keep a little journal as a, as a kid because I wasn't uh-huh. drinking Coke or Pepsi. I'd drink different brands of bottled water. Yeah. And everyone was a little bit different. You know, like you were saying earlier about the uniqueness of a fingerprint. Well, the same was true with a lot of these spring waters. That it is. Each one was very unique and very different and had different uh, flavors and taste due to minerals and trace elements and how, how it was packaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I came down with typhoid. Unfortunately, I had consumed ah. some contaminated water, not not bottled, uh, and uh, I hadn't had my typhoid uh, uh, booster shot, mm-hmm. and uh, almost uh, left this planet as as about a, at about 13 years old in Rome. Wow. Uh, that got got me very focused on the fact that water is both uh, very helpful and can be also very dangerous if it's yes, not it clean. That's right. It's uh, a living species. 
Yeah, and so from that point on, I was uh, very fascinated by, by water on, on a number of levels. And Before we move on too much, I want to bring that up, and I find that uh, all walks of life of us have different things in our life that encourage us to be fascinated with reasons we uh, go further with. Uh, are in, uh, less, um, int- intriguing, uh, int- being intrigued and fascinated by subjects. Yours began because of the, um, the fact that you got a water uh, disease. Um, how did you? How long did that last? Well, it ran for about three months. You know, typhoid fever is a, is a, is a nasty disease, and used to oh, yeah. wipe out most most of the world when it would. Yes, it has. Would, when it would hit, and um, you know, you, you lose a lot of weight. I, I was down to about eighty. 86 pounds, mm-hmm. um, and for a 13-year-old that was about 5'8", that was pretty skinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you run these high fevers, like in 107 degrees to fever, so you're really... Uh, now, was that very common uh, in Italy? Uh, it was at the time. You know, the, the, there was the, the infrastructure was not the best back then in parts of Italy, especially in the more rural parts of Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why most Italians drink bottled water. And, yeah, and I learned that years ago, Arthur, when I was studying water over 30 years ago. And my, my concerns was uh, the stress on the body because the air was getting too dry and people were not drinking enough water. And if they were buying the bottled water, maybe they were um, being conservative and not drinking enough because they were having to buy it. And went so far back into foreign countries and found that the reason they got into the business of water because there was not good water so people started a business to provide and share healthier water now when you started studying water uh, after you finally became healthy how old were you before you how what what when was it in your life that you decided to dive in and make it well you've made it a career literally diving in as it might maybe (laughs) when i came out here to california um i'm in santa barbara and i uh, I came from Europe in 1973. Although I'm an American, I, I, I've grown over, uh, up overseas, as I mentioned. And I noticed that here in the states, everybody was being served glasses of tap water. Yeah. But it had a here in Southern California, it was really pretty chunky with with lots of off taste things you wouldn't yeah. want to drink. A lot of chlorine, a lot of chemicals, um, and 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 a lot of the wrong minerals. And uh, they would put slices of lemon in it just to kind of kill the yeah, taste. Yeah. <laughs> To trick you. <laughs> and I was curious why, A, they would give people this to drink when they're having a meal because it would really make the meal less pleasant. And um, and yet bottled water was, uh, at that time in the early 70s, uh, more of a, uh, an analogy, uh, an anomaly than, than something that was a regular staple. Yes, that's right. Um, so I, I was... I collected bottled waters, and somebody asked me if I'd write an article about it because I was doing uh, journalism as my interest. Uh-huh. And I wrote a, an article which evolved into my very first book, which came out in 1978, called uh, Oasis, The Complete Guide to Bottled Water Throughout the World. That that book sort of launched the career because it was just in, in sort of sync with what was happening with the Perrier boom of the late 70s, if you remember when that became kind of a iconic uh, beverage uh, of the new uh, the new generation. Yeah, it was it was Americans were kind of giggling and they thought this is so funny, you know, and not realizing that look at what happened today. Uh, it, it, with, in those days it was a 200 million dollar business and today it's about 11 billion dollars. It is. It is. So it's just it's just grown enormously and it's become very much a way of life, but um, anyway, that book led on to a career as a consultant in the industry. I worked uh, for a number of, uh, most of the b- bottlers out there, including some of the big uh, companies like Anheuser-Busch, trying to help them uh, locate water for their, uh, both for their beer business and also they were in the bottled water business at, uh, mm-hmm. at that time. 
now Nestle owns the most amount of drinking water businesses, and I think Danone is second. Yeah, Nestle is is the is the leader uh, just in their number of brands that they have in the U.S. The uh, the, the the next closest is is uh, well, the, you have the two soft drink giants, both uh, uh, Aquafina, which is a, uh, uh, a a Pepsi product, and then you have. Uh, uh, Coca-Cola, which has Dasani, right. and so in volume, those are probably the next two, and then and then Danon, which uh, has a number of brands um, like Avion. Well, yeah, they, Avion and Danone have the spring waters, and then the other two have waters that they're filtering. Correct. Yeah, which are fine waters, by the way. I've oh, studied yeah. them too. I think anything other than than drinking tap water is probably a good thing. <laughs> the the problem with tap water is it can be fine, and it can, and then at other times it can be problematic. Well, you don't know because of the pipes. That's right. It, it varies from. You can have a brand community. new house, and and the hydraulic system when you turn on the faucet, if you don't let it run long enough before you start taking that glass of water or wanting to cook with the water, you don't know what was in the pipes ever. Mm-hmm. That's true. Certain waters, uh, especially if they have lower pH, can leach out at the pipes. If you've got older homes with lead pipes in it, you can end up with water with very high concentrations of lead. Mm-hmm. We just had a boil order uh, in San Diego last week because of a break in a water pipe, and uh, you know people don't know that 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 there's a problem until they read about it, and they yeah. may have been drinking that water for a day or so before before yeah. they hear, oh, don't drink your water. And, yeah. and that becomes a problem. That's, the, I think, the big argument in favor of bottled water is you know that it's a consistent product that comes from a protected uh, source. In your education that you've been teaching, um, which is today, let's pretend like you're in a research class and don't be concerned about evaluating. Um, there's no legal concerns about evaluating ideas of the future. What do you think is going to happen? Because water on Earth is for your health for the individual health, was ignored. Um, did you know, Arthur, that is not, there is not a glass of water on the national nutrition chart? Which is amazing when you really think about it. It's the most important thing, the nutrition. It's a nutrient, and yeah. it's a species, and they don't even have it as a nutrition value. <laughs> and uh, maybe you and I had to go together on that one. I, so. I studied it years ago, and I always thought to myself, this is insane when water is the most important nutrient in nutrition because it has elements in it nutritional levels in it, and it makes everything else solvent and work. Uh, there's not one glass of water on the national nutrition chart in the United States. That's amazing. It really should. It, it is. It doesn't make sense because it it's really okay. is. The, the sec- uh, so I was saying it was one of those things that, you know, we, we kind of take water for granted because it's always there, but uh, one doesn't realize that it, it isn't always there and it can get contaminated or it can disappear. As you were saying earlier, the, the threat of, of our, our water resources being uh, taken over by other 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 countries is is a is a serious threat. It's been going uh, on forever, and you know it's so funny what's happened. Um, I've watched and studied through the years, and you know we got so into the dollar bill, and people don't realize a lot of the wars were fought over territory, and territory means more water. And they're not going to tell you why they're going to fight their wars. They're going to go in and use every premise there is idea to confuse you. But without water, those countries are going dry. That's right. And you know, when, when you look at uh, where we are in today's world over oil, I mean, that, that, that's kind of a, a battle which uh, has been waged now for the you know, last couple of uh, decades uh, in one form or another. But really, water is going to be the battle of the future. It and has everything to do with the past and the future. Uh, 
Now, tell us your evaluations of what you've been finding with some of the waters around the world uh, for people to understand. Um, you know, we've got the bottled waters, and that became quite a fascination to you to uh, write about. What are some of the waters that you found the most unique in the world? Well, you know, that's a, one, of, one of the wonderful things. And I know we're just evaluating, so. <laughs> well, in a way, like wine, you know, we have many different waters with many different uh, characteristics in there. Uh-huh. And what makes water different is, uh, as I mentioned, the minerals, the trace elements, and also the kind of water. Sometimes water comes from springs. Sometimes it comes from wells. It comes from glaciers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can come from, it can be processed water, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, let's, get, let's educate our okay. listeners about what's the difference between a spring water and a glacier. I'm sorry, spring water and a what? A spring water, a glacier water, or a well water. Okay. Uh, spring water technically needs to come from a spring, and that means that it surfaces on its own uh, it, from, the, uh, from the ground. And, uh, and then it's collected sometimes in a spring box and flows either by, by pumps or gravity flow into, into a bottling plant. Okay. Well water is where there has been a, uh, a hole that's been bored into the ground, uh, sometimes it goes down just uh, a few feet, or sometimes it goes down hundreds of feet, and it taps into the aquifer. And mm-hmm. at that point, it pulls out the water uh, in a usually a pretty pristine environment because where water gets contaminated is near nearest to the surface. So uh, a, a well is is generally pretty good as long as the casement is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you take too much water out of a well, you can be pulling water from other aquifers or from other areas. And we've mm-hmm. I've seen tests where water has changed as it's been over over uh, pumped uh-huh. then glacier water is water that has been frozen in the glacier uh, over over eons and uh, you know, for example there's a company in, in Washington state that takes water off of Mount Rainier uh-huh. that has that is glacier runoff and uh, it actually comes out looking milky it's called Serac and it actually has a milky color to it because of the of the minerals in the in the glacier very good tasting water and and uh, of course it's it's interesting because it's been out of the hydrological cycle for thousands and thousands of years so it may not have been exposed to certain contaminants uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, then the, then there's of course uh, river water uh, there is uh, uh, w- waters that come from different environments pick up uh, various tastes or uh, airborne elements but the best waters I found were the ones that were coming from mineral springs that were in uh, in Europe. Most of those are the, are the really interesting ones. Take, for example, one like Bedouin, which unfortunately it's hard to find in the U.S., but if you're in France, it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. And that's a naturally carbonated mineral spring. And that's I mean, called Bedouin? Bedouin, B-A-D-O-I-T. Okay. Uh, Louis Pasteur w- would prescribe it to his patients. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has the whole, the, the, the water comes out of the ground with bubbles naturally and the whole bottling plant is built on top of the plant on top of the spring mm-hmm. and it's pressurized to keep those bubbles at its natural level of, of about one and a half atmospheres it tastes great with food mm-hmm. it's, it's one I particularly like I have in my water, water cellar but uh, but then if you want something a little more more uh, aggressive with carbonation um, well good old Perrier is great you can't go wrong with that or San Pellegrino another great water Saratoga uh, Saratoga a great brand and Historically, the area has been known for, for water for uh, hundreds of years mm-hmm. um, and, and certainly very popular. Now, I believe you're up in Oregon, is that right? Yeah, we're in southern Oregon. So you have, uh, I think, uh, there's, an, there's quite a few brands in Oregon, too, because Oregon is so well known for, um, for, for water. 
Uh, <laughs> and now wine. You get a lot and wine. You get a lot of rain up there, <laughs> which I guess helps. You know, the, the people in the bottled water business call that future inventory when it's raining. Well, what it, what it is too, though. What, remember, we have a lot of rainforests that go back hundreds and hundreds of years that are up in Oregon that are absolutely uh, amazing to the rest of the world. Uh, and of course, those tall trees that are growing here are for a purpose, based on the quality of those aquifers way back in time, Arthur. Mm. And, and uh, you know, what's, what's better than getting water from a protected environment, which is what you have when you have a forest? Well, the, the mountains, you know, I have this little thing that uh, life is, uh, God created the water and mountains for strength, protection, courage, wisdom, and the breath of life, the breath of air. And up in Oregon, for some reason, when you're looking out at all the mountains and all the protection and all those strengths, um, to protect what's coming from below. And uh, below are those aquifers that are absolutely protected, I mean, unbelievable, just by the nature of this planet. Yes. We're going to go to our sponsor, and then we're going to come back, and then we're going to dive into some more of your uh, understanding about uh, water and food. Because uh, I'm curious about what you've been learning about, how you taste the water while you're eating your, what you're tasting when you're eating your food. So listen to our sponsor with Biologic Aqua Research Center, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Arthur, we were talking about the uh, water and, um, and and eating, and I was for learning way back in time with Hippocrates when I was studying that uh, they could sit there with a glass of wine and a glass of water, and they could tell the difference between with the wine where which region it was coming from by the water. Uh, did you learn that too? Well. Yeah, I, I, with wine, yes. With water, it's it's a little bit trickier, <laughs> but there is definitely a, a huge difference in taste. And um, once you sit down and and uh, really look at the water, take away the packaging and the name brand recognition, and mm-hmm. just focus in on the taste. Yeah, take that take that label off of it. Right. The, the, yeah. Then you then you then you can discover there are quite there's quite a lot of variation. We do an event every year in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. It's uh, called the International Water Tasting Competition. And it's been going on for about 20 years now. And um, we, we taste uh, in different flights municipal tap water, bottled spring water, bottled carbonated spring water, and processed or purified water. Mm-hmm. And I t- train the judges as to how to evaluate the uh, water's taste. Mm-hmm. And I explain to them that, that you know. T- t- before you go too far, yes. you're going to have to teach us too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of the things one of the things that we find with with, with water's taste is is that um, everybody has a palate that is yes. has, has a, a great ability. I mean, it's amazing. You have a hundred thousand taste you know taste buds in your. Well, what it is is in your tongue because that's my field is studying that. Um, is in the tongue. There's thousands of nerve endings. Right. 
And, and they and can perceive sweetness, sourness, bitterness. Uh, exactly. That all those t- little taste buds that you're, t- uh, you're uh, and it's all individual. Right. Uh, it's like when I did you here when you're born and you left that pocket of water, there are no two eyes alike, no two complexions on the skin alike, no two fingerprints, and all of us have this different nerve endings. Mm-hmm. And um, again, what you're describing is what happens when a person puts something in the mouth. Right. Okay, go forward. I'm sorry. Okay. So, so one of the things, actually, I use this as an interesting example, uh, is that we, we, we like certain things. We have certain preferences. And um, when we did a tasting years ago for the San Francisco Chronicle, I collected bottles of water from around, I mean, sorry, uh, tap water from around the Bay Area because the Bay Area gets lots of different uh, water sources contributing to their, to their water resources. Uh, there's Hetch Hetchy water, there's well water, there's um, uh, Delta River water, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we collected these different, the waters from different uh, uh, taps, basically, and had a, a group of uh, people sit down. Some of them were um, uh, you know, sa- savvy wine tasters. Others were in in re- unrelated businesses to water, such as uh, someone who owned an aquarium business, somebody who was a pool cleaner. I mean, it was you know, a whole mishmash. And uh, at the Fairmont Hotel, we sat down and had people evaluate the water based on certain criteria, both from the appearance, aroma, taste, uh, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, in this particular tasting, we had several waters that came from the Marin County area. We had some that came from San Jose, some from the East Bay. And uh, the Chronicle wanted to throw in one bottle of water. So they, uh, they went to a store to find the most expensive brand of bottled water, which at the time was Contrexaville, which is a very highly mineralized water from uh, eastern France, northeastern mm-hmm. France. And um, frankly, it has a taste that is not exactly pleasant because it's medicinal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so it's not what you when you look for a th- thirst quenching water. It might be at first a, a little bit odd, and it didn't do very well in the tasting. As I looked through the notes, and remember, this was a blind tasting; no one knew yeah. what it was what, except for one judge who rated it the best tasting water. Uh-huh. And in his notes, he said, "This water because it tasted. It reminds me of home." Well, the, the judge happened to be a Frenchman named Francois oh, Bay. Okay, and it's what he grew up drinking. <laughs> so, so he kind of did like what he's used to, but generally people uh, have a have a consensus uh, that uh, when it comes to non-carbonated water, they like water which is lighter in minerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to carbonated water, they like a little more minerals in their water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things we've found in doing these tastings over the past uh, twenty years is that uh, certain brands and certain tap waters do better than others. And, and and they win consistently. It doesn't matter who the judges are and what order the water is presented to them. Uh, th- those seem to surface to the, to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you when you look at a uh, at a water, and it, it, by the way, if you go on on bottlewaterweb.com, there's a there's a section called the, uh, the taste of water, and you can Learn do your that. own tasting at home, which is fun. Yeah. And the great thing is, after you do the water tasting, you can drive home. Yeah. <laughs> Not worry about it. You don't have to have a designated driver. Exactly. <laughs> but, but there's all kinds of words to describe water: aggressive, flabby. Now you just said something that is fascinating to me. I think people who carry want to be involved in drinking water are vain, and they well, they really care about themselves. And there's nothing embarrassing. I think way back in time, what I learned, Arthur, is. When our forefathers came to America in those ships and they took out those trunks, they had all those beautiful clothes and beautiful things they'd learned from their country, but they came here to survive and put the spurs on and forgot about the water. Yes, they needed water to survive, but they didn't think enough about the future of what it, what it meant. And um, I think that people have got to get back to making water a primary. If you're going to go out and drink, 
you should always have a glass of water, drinking in the water constantly next to your drink at mm-hmm. all times. Uh, it seems strange because like if you're drinking a finer wine, but uh, people, you never know how you're going to be uh, the dehydration, uh, the effect of the dehydration of the alcohol at the time because you don't know where you're at dehydrated at the time. Did you know we don't even have a moisture meter to check us uh, in the doctor's office how you're dehydrating? Mm-hmm. And, so, and it's the qu- quickest way to become uh, very sluggish if you're dehydrated. You can't think as clearly. Uh, you can't perform as well, and, it, and it's a very quick way to, to die. In fact, my, my, I hate to say it, but my mother died from dehydration. It was, it was self-induced in a way because I think she'd given up on life, but she, she just refused to drink water any longer or drink anything. And uh, I think when you get to a certain age, you, you, you probably come to terms with that. Well, but. you do, but and in, in fact, that's something to talk about today, too, that around the world, uh, people have to realize that uh, drinking water during the day, around the clock, is so important that if you're not going to find that moment to take time to drink water, not nothing in it, I don't mean the tea, the coffee, the juices, I mean water, uh, that it will dehydrate you, you'll become dehydrated to your final death. Um, that's what the life and death is all about, is you heard me say the moment you left your, the womb of your mother and that bubble of water, you entered in the air. Mm-hmm. And that air, experience, you're right. Yeah, exactly, and that's why you are a mission. Uh, you are on a mission, and uh, you may have been chosen for that mission because of the, uh, you lived and survived because of water, and then you found uh, a direction to go to take it serious. And it's life and death. And, and it's also, the, uh, whether you're an attractive person or not, it, it's uh, really interesting to look at a person's skin, Arthur, and, and tell by the facial organ, uh, the skin, whether they're drinking enough water, whether they're eating enough, uh, the right foods, uh, because their skin will get drier and drier and the color will change. Well, there's a very simple test you can do to see if you're properly hydrated, which is if you take the back of your hand and you just pull up the skin on the back of your hand, if it stands up, that means you're you're dehydrated. Uh, if it snaps down, that means you know you're you're you've got exactly. some good hydration in you. But you should never wait until you're thirsty to drink because that's that's a that's your body crying out. There for water. you said it. A lot of people say, "Well, I'm never thirsty." Well, what happens? You're a drought. <laughs> you're a drought. <laughs> you know, it's a droughted body, and uh, you've got to be drinking water all day long. And then, when the more you drink your water then you will become thirsty because the water then is no longer in drought. Right. And the Not other thing is, uh, that, 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 as you're saying, you don't want to, it doesn't, coffee and teas don't count, especially with no. caffeine because that, that, that dehydrates you. Exactly. It actually takes right. water out of your system. And they're finding alcohol. now, there was a new report recently, and there's always these new evaluation reports that too much tea, too much of anything can cause a disease, and uh, we've got to be careful. Now, back to your knowledge in water, what would you like to do with our education today? to teach us more about water that you've learned to be. Uh, let's go from crisis to the positive. Uh, what, what do you think is happening on this planet to people need to learn more about it? Well, I, I, th- I think we're very blessed to have things like the web and, and people who, such as yourself, and, and, and uh, with, with uh, naturestears.com where you, you're talking about the importance and the power of water and, and uh, how, how important 
things like keeping your eyes misted and, and keeping your body uh, hydrated. Those are very, very important. It's important information. And luckily, we have the web now as a resource, and you can search out uh, specific needs, uh, which before you'd go to the library, and you know, maybe yes or maybe no, you wouldn't find that information. So we're lucky that there's more and more uh, professionals in the field that are contributing uh, to the overall global knowledge on the subject. Of water and that's in the uh, library. That's way back in time. Well, you know, my first book I researched it in the library, and I was looking at yeah. a microfilm for history, uh, for yeah. historical articles on water. And it was curious because in the United States there was water articles had been written with with great frequency up until about 1915 when the FDA was born. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was the FDA came down on the patent medicine industry, and unfortunately, some bottled waters were being sold because of reputed health benefits and mm-hmm. and a lot of those were taken off the off the market at that point mm-hmm. and, and then the depression just about killed the bottled water business in, in 29 mm-hmm. uh, a few companies survived like mountain valley from hot, hot springs arkansas saratoga and, as you mentioned mm-hmm. new york a few others but uh, but a lot of them went away and then uh, it wasn't until the 70s that the bottled water kind of re, really resurfaced in the u.s as a as a, a beverage option and now it's the second biggest beverage next to soft drinks yeah, let's hope eventually it takes it over. Yeah. I think it's, well, you know, way let's back. Let's hope so, for, for our kids' sake, if nothing else. For everybody's sake, sugar. Yes, exactly. uh, And then I became alarmed because I've been studying the dehydration of the body for so long. And for you to know, way back in time, I could see that we've understood the value of water and maybe not as much as I would hope. And I think in more in time, thanks to people like yourself and myself and others and getting into the mission statement of it and getting behind it and making it serious. Um, and making it vain, too. Make, uh, I drew a believe, and it was back to those trunks. Uh, we need to be vain again. Be vain. That's your ecosystem. That's how you contribute to the environment of others around you and make it serious, that the environment is serious with your health. And without a health-conscious person, the ecosystem breaks down. And I don't know if you followed me, but if your person is wanting to be healthy and they're wanting to work a little harder to be more ecosystem with their health, their personal self, not how you work at look at the recycling only and how you turn off the power and all that energy saving. I'm talking about each individual's personal health, that little moment of whisper of yourself. And uh, we need to be more conscious that water has to be number one. And when we make water number one in our lives, uh, then all of a sudden your eco-friendly health is out there with a vulnerability to others thinking, you know, I, um, I need to drink more water too. And uh, we need to make sure that when they're running the tap, they turn it on, Arthur, they let it run for a little while because you don't know what is happening to the water in the tap. Uh, the chances are better if you let it run for a little while. Well, it's true, and and I think it's you know what you're saying earlier about about it being part of one's lifestyle and part of their their inner core. It's it's so important that that parents uh, take the the leadership role in trying to Thank you. Uh, inspire yes. their their children to to drink healthy water as opposed to other beverages. You know, you, you see on the shelves, you see lots of juice products and of course soft drinks and all that. And a but, sweet taste on the palate. Yeah, but kids don't, don't really, uh, they don't want that. And the last thing you need to do is give any extra sugar or, or exactly. calories. I mean, we already have an incredible problem with obesity in the United States. And if you give them uh, water for their when they go to school in their lunchbox or uh, when they come home, if they have nice cold, Good quality water, and there's great bottles of water too for kids. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a product called Aquapod, which is a fun brand of water for it's mm-hmm. made so a little child can gra- grab it around, uh, you know, hold it. 
<laughs> which is which is good. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and if you can start uh, building your children on on uh, water habits at an early age, they'll prefer water over other drinks. Uh, they'll always want water before the other sugar. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a 19 year old son now who grew up on on Perrier, and he he that's his drink of choice. I stocked the fridge full of it, and I'm so glad he goes for that instead of. Uh, some of the other stuff that's out yeah, there. Yeah, you know that uh, waters that are sparkling waters like that are have a greater great for the circulation of the body. Uh, I studied that way back. Um, when you're drinking sparkling water, at least one or two a day, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very good for the circulation of the body. It's not a still water; it makes us uh, sudsy and um, sparkle through the bloodstream and give it a circulation a, a stimulus. Yeah, I also understand that the CO2 that's in the water helps you digest food uh, more easily because We're it actually helps that. open up the stomach lining. Exactly. And We're back to that uh, circulation again, the oxygen you get in your bloodstream by drinking the sparkling water. Yeah, yeah. And there's something else to think about. I know we were talking about the lemon and the limes and so on, but have you ever been to a hotel where they've had uh, in the lobby these beautiful, gorgeous, clear uh, decanter uh, that you can pour, pour your water out of if you wish. It has um, the orange lemon. Oh, and sure. It, yeah, yeah. Or, or it's spas where they have even cucumbers in them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You could have the orange lemon and uh, and the lime rinds. Just very, I mean, not rinds, but cut, sliced, very thin, and put ice in between. Oh, and the lovely. ice will hold them, and they look gorgeous. Besides, it picks up a flavor. And the children, when you have that at home, they will go to the water before they will the sodas. Right. Yeah. And then the other one I've learned in the sweeteners, uh, when you're trying to say sugar-free, there's something in the sugar-free sweeteners that are absolutely not a, a, a agreeing with everyone. And I think eventually the evaluations will prove it was a, a problem to the health to many people were allergic to the ingredient of the sweeteners. So uh, we've got to realize that maybe sugar isn't on the palate, isn't always as healthy for us just because you liked it. <laughs> That's right. I, I had someone recently say something they really liked, and I said, "Well, remember, don't overdo something you like. It may not may be a trick on you. You may it may may not be healthy for you just because you liked it." Well, that's true, and and again, it's 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 one of the things that we get addicted to too. That you know, if you if you're used to having lots of sweet things and you keep wanting that all the time, and it takes a few days to break that habit, but once you do, then you then you can live without it. Same with too much salt. You know, you can kind of back off of it if you just you know go cold turkey for a bit. Yeah, yeah, and yet, and yet, don't go the other way too. Not enough. Yeah, not enough. That's you right. Must make everything in moderation, have, including moderation. Yeah, everything has to be thinking about and, and learn to get to know the the tune of your body, your rhythm of your body, and getting out of bed and kind of checking yourself out. Like, how do I feel and think about it, and and live with the area you're living in. Don't just try to live in your skin only, because the area you're living in will give you more rhythm to your life. So, what kind of water do you drink? Well, we have spring water here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but if I'm out there in um, many of the restaurants, I'm always trying the different waters. And, and uh, there's um, a lot of the waters through the world. And I've traveled around the world a little bit, too, um, and tried them all. Uh, but I found that I like the sweet waters better than any other water in the world, Arthur. Mm. Any particular brands? No, not any particular brand. Um, I just I can always tell if it's a sweet water, uh, but I look at it and well. Do you remember the Naye water? Have you ever? Oh, had sure, it? from Canada. Yeah, is yeah, it, it still a, out there? A great brand. Uh, it, 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 they unfortunately had some economic issues, but I think someone's picked it up again and they're reintroducing it. But Naye is wonderful water. Yes, it was a wonderful water. 
Yeah, I remembered, uh, I had a physicist out of France who was over 100 years old who introduced me to that one. Canada does very well with their waters. And in this water tasting event we do, they, they often walk away with golds and silver medals. I believe it. I love to go up there, don't you? Our, our, our neighbors in the north know how to get water. <laughs> now, before we go, we're almost done. Uh, I noticed that you, did you go to school in Switzerland or did you yeah. grow up in Switzerland? I went to school. I went to a school called Eglon College, a, a British boarding school. Oh, okay. And uh, we actually had a, a, a vegan uh, headmaster, so he was really teaching us a lot about food and beverage and what we consume and how we how, what we sh- shouldn't consume. Mm-hmm. I think uh, soft drinks were illegal in the school when I was there. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, you know, isn't it, I, I like to see business prosper, but I wish we had an illegality of putting them. I don't want the laws, and I don't want the government to be any more than they are, but uh, I think we ought to start using our own common sense and responsibilities. But I was so saddened when they started serving those soft drinks in the schools. Yeah, it's not not a great thing, and I hope hopefully uh, things will change. We'll Get back to the water. Right, exactly. Well, at least can we do this again? Because I'm sure when we hang up, you'll think of a lot of things that you wish that listeners could have been learning. And I w- praise you on your mission. I, I believe it's a mission for you. And uh, wish you the very best, and uh, I hope we can do this again sometime. I would love to. Thanks so much for having me on today. Well, thank you. You have a nice day. Thank you, too. Bye, Arthur. I believe you learned a lot. Arthur Van Weisenberger, as you heard, had a a serious uh, problem with water as a child, and it was the water. And I've known other people who almost died because of water they were drinking all over the world. It wasn't just in foreign countries. It was in this country, too. So let's stop to think about the water that you're drinking. You need to drink plenty of water, but make sure that you're wise enough to understand the safety of the pipes and what you're drinking. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research Center. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eye. If you're losing lip balm and your lips are dry, it's because of the air is dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is for those eyes because the air is dry and the eyes are affected. I'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Scott Guideman. I'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Klein Hour, the power of water <laughs> and your health and the national forest of the world. So d- tell us about the Yosemite National Media Relations. Uh, what are you doing uh, to relate to the world about y- the Yosemite National Forest, Scott? Well, Yosemite National Park, um, we're actually one of um, the few national parks that uh, United Nations World Heritage Site. 
Oh, okay. And we're um, we're very proud of our national park. We're in the central Sierra Nevada here in um, in beautiful uh, California in the Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. and we actually have two uh, major watersheds, and we supply um, about eighty percent of the drinking water for the city and county of San Francisco. Now, what is going to happen this year uh, with the drought? Well, it's too early to tell, but actually okay. we've had a pretty good winter, and uh, okay. so far our snowpack is at about 85 to 90%. Okay. Well, that isn't so bad. Yeah. So what's going to happen with us is that is that we um, haven't quite done the last snow survey. Excuse me. We actually had a real good snowstorm uh, a week ago, last okay. Sunday and Monday, mm-hmm. um, and so depending on the conditions, I know that, uh, for example, our water from the Tuolumne River that um, goes to the city and county of San Francisco, they are talking about some rationing and there are some water issues in the Central Valley of California, but uh, we're actually in good shape here in Yosemite National Park. Oh, good. Now let's talk about the word rationing. What, uh, what happens, because the world is listening, when you cut, use the word ration, what are you asking people to do to ration their water? We're, um, we ask people to cut back, and what's interesting for us here is that we we are a federal agency, a part of the Department of the Interior, and I think the example of Hetch Hetchy is a good one, is that is that we have the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir um, here in Yosemite National Park in the O'Shaughnessy Dam, and that water goes to the city and county of San Francisco. However, on the way to to the city and county of San Francisco, it goes through um, a series of pipelines, and these pipelines are then used by um, the Modesto Irrigation District, Turlock Irrigation District. So each each of these entities is entitled to a certain amount of water, and we have to keep enough water here in the park. And so when we talk about rationing, we, we talk about everybody has to... T- um, it has to deal with less than they would normally get. Yeah, don't stand in the shower as long. Right. Uh, cut down, think about your uh, laundry during the week, kind of pile it up and do it quicker. Uh, don't do as much. Trying to think, you know, I've often wondered, um, Scott, why do people wash their clothes as often as they do? Can't they try to keep them clean and wear them again? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. I mean, what I mean is, is and oh, and the towels in the bathroom when we take a shower or a tub bath. Why don't we each one have a name on it and 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 use the same towel more commonly than having to launder the towel every time you use right. it, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wouldn't that be amazing if we learned yeah. how to think that way? Yeah, how much water we would save. Oh, yeah, but exactly. don't ever stop drinking the water. <laughs> I want you to drink a lot of water. Scott, how much water do you drink? Uh, I, I try to drink um, at least six or seven glasses a day. I Good drink water throughout you. the day. Good for and, you. And, and uh, listening to your previous segment, <laughs> we're very lucky here because we have well water here in Yosemite National Park. Yeah. So we can, uh, when we have friends come and visit, we can drink the water drink right it, out of the Drink it, taste it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Better than that sugar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Healthier. Exactly. Well, you know, if you're drinking water, you're environmental conscious. If you're drinking sodas, you're not thinking about the environment. Right, exactly. I really believe that. I'm convinced of that, Scott. Now, when we're when you're in a, a state that has a, having a lot of other issues though about drought. Now, are your aquifers able to? Are they assisting the other parts of the state in any way? The aquifers to help during this drought season? Because I've heard that some of those farmers that are so vital to the con- the world, 
ecosystem and the environment of the world, and California may not have irrigation water. They may not be able to have as much agriculture as they've had in the past this year. Right. Well, well, it's an interesting situation that we're in here because because here in Yosemite, for example, we're 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 literally at the at the top of the of the snowpack, and so what happens is is that we we have two major watersheds. We have the Tuolumne River and the Merced River, and each of these watersheds, as I mentioned, the Tuolumne. Um, that now, water- when you're talking to our world about the word watershed, describe the watershed description to our to our. What happens is is that is the Sierra Nevada mountain range ranges up to about fourteen thousand feet here in um, northern California, and so when I say watershed, what happens is is that uh, over the winter, of course, and now even into spring, we get snow, and the snow is a uh, the snowpack, and then and then when the snowpack melts, it flows into rivers and tributaries, and then these rivers will flow through the park and will will then go outside of the park for municipal municipalities to use. And so of the literally hundreds of lakes and rivers that we have, we have two major um, watersheds, and when I use the word watershed, meaning that two rivers that carry enough water outside of Yosemite to to create water supplies for both farmers and consumer use, individual households. And so with the Tuolumne River that goes to the Bay Area and the Merced River, of course, we don't control the snowpack, you know, as much snow as there is. And then we, of course, use some of the water here in the park. But what what's happening is that once it goes out, it's then up to the various cities and counties and, and agencies to allocate the water. And so you made a very good point because with the San Joaquin Valley and the Central um, Valley of California, which provides up to 80% of all the fresh fruits and vegetables for the entire country. That's what I'm after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, um, and I've been sitting a long time, and I really want my, this show to be, uh, Scott, and evaluating and, and theories and, and ideas. Uh, you never know which one's going to be right. You know, way back in time, Scott, when they decided to insulate houses, and with insulated windows and, and walls, and all, did they know that it was going to take all the breath of life of people's lives because they were wanted to conserve energy? Way back when they used asbestos, way back in time, they did it for purposes of unknown. Uh, we have a tendency on life on Earth, all of us, and even Earth will do it, <laughs> it's nature, of do things, doing something that you don't know how, what the outcome is going to be. And uh, the water, is, without water, there is no life, and without the water, you cannot have the foods. You cannot have any of the agriculture that is so important to the, to the uh, ecosystem of an environmental concern of your health. Right, without your health. I, yeah. You know, we can talk all there is about turning off the power and, 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 um, and uh, recycling and all the things you can imagine to, to think about the energy, but how are they pushing... Are they bringing millions and billions of dollars into you learning more about your health? Right. Your body. Yeah, I mean, yeah. your body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the health of your body, your mind, your thinking, your skin, your, your organs, and your circulation. And, and without water and the, clean, and the air and the clean air and you thinking about yourself as a healthy person and taking serious, but if you don't have available to you to go do that, it makes it tougher and then people will put it off because they'll forget because they don't have it available. Yep, you're, you're absolutely correct. And now, I'm after uh, something here for you to think about, and, and, and we're just evaluating. Now, how many dams do you guys have or reservoirs do you have available in case there's a drought 
to protect the water for, so you at least have sources of water. Um, besides depending upon the aquifers, do you have any reservoirs available that are going to help the farmers? Well, well, we do here. Um, you, you know, we do here in the park. We we actually have uh, two dams, and there and there are there is water. But but what's very interesting is that with the snowpack, we we are entering our third year of a drought, and so and so it's always the issue of you know the water managers always want to keep um, you know a certain amount of water for for emergencies or or for basically um, you know if we really need the water. But 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 in a year like this. And and speaking to some of the water managers, when you get into a drought situation where we're at, they understand that, hey, these farmers need the water for irrigation, need the water for their crops. And so it's a balancing act of we don't want to use all of the water because uh, if we do that, you know, we might we might be okay this year but not be okay next year. And so it's a balancing act, and, and it's very difficult, if not impossible, to forecast what next year will be like and so so this spring and summer is going to be critical here in in uh, central and northern california for water and um i forget the quote but but a lot but i've uh, heard uh, people say something along the facts of that uh, water here in the west is more valuable than gold it is more valuable. It always has been, and people. Isn't it strange that people don't think about it, Scott? It, it is, and, and and it's interesting for us because, as you mentioned, live. You know, as an example, when we have people that go backpacking or or, or or go visit the park, we always like to say, you know, in a national park, we can't affect what everybody does, but we try to be a good example. We try to tell people that that, for example, you know, do not you know bathe in the water or to or to keep it clean because mm-hmm. you know the water we want the water to be good not only for the habitat for you know fish and for animals to drink out of but i mean as the water goes downstream um when we're in the mountains it really impacts everybody yeah and tell us a little bit about do you have a junior ranger system there kids coming there and into the park, we do. We've got a wonderful junior ranger program where people come in and um, and and they come in and and we have rangers that are park rangers that uh, that that give programs and and children have an opportunity to uh, earn their junior ranger patches. And I'm very proud to say that um, a long time ago, when I was about six years old, I came here to Yosemite with my family and I earned my junior ranger patch. Wow. I've always wanted to be a park ranger here in Yosemite, and it's because of, of the junior ranger program here in Yosemite, why I'm a park ranger today. Well, that's a nice way to end this show with you. Well, thank you. Remember that, and uh, we'll have it on our website, where to go to look for for that uh, junior ranger system there at the National Park. And, Scott, we want to thank you for uh, what you're doing there and what you're doing for the environment of this planet. Well, thank you. Have a nice day, and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. You have a nice day. day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every special moment, every precious second. Earth is whispering, never say goodbye, because if you don't, you'll leave a moment of your footstep that is very vital to the ecosystem of this environment that you personally left behind. I want to thank you for listening, and have a nice day. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network. 
where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.